Amen. I'm going to jump on in today. I believe today's message got a little something for everybody. Amen. You ready for that? Because God's word's always available for everybody and it always speaks to everybody, not just a select few. Aren't you glad? It's level at the cross. Amen. And I just want to jump in a few things that the Lord was showing me this week. I said, you know, this word's for everybody. And I said, not a select few. Like I said, I'm just going through my notes. And I said, but you know, it's about talking about and walking out our journey of faith. And I kind of broke it out in like three areas. Uh, if you got your handouts, we're going to be talking about the valleys of failure, the path of adversity, and the mountaintop of faith. But we're not always uh, willing to rush and apply the word of God, are we? It is quiet there, isn't it? That's a real little quiet spot. <laughs> I'm the only guy, right? I'm the only guy. I mean, I want to, and I look at things, but then sometimes I like to drive. How many people like to drive? Now, I know you like to drive. He's a racer man. But sometimes we like to do, we like, you know, we think that we're only going to invite God in, in the big stuff. Anybody ever done that? I don't want to bug him with all this small stuff, but he knows everything and he loves you so much. The small stuff, if it matters to you, then it matters to God. Amen. So I want you to hear that stuff from the very beginning and take off here. And sometimes we go through some tough times, like I said, and we said that earlier. And somebody might be going through a tough time now. But one thing for sure, we're going to hit all three of those levels in life. Amen. The, the, the valley of failures and the path of adversity and, and some of that mountaintop stuff. How do y'all like that mountaintop stuff? That's good. The best view in the house, right? The best view in town. But you know what? You don't just land on top of the mountain, do you? Amen. Sometimes you got to do a little walking, got to do a little praying, got to do a little hold it out. And, and, and God is driving that whole thing. And you know what? He is our compass to get us where we need to go. Amen. So I pray that if you have your Bibles today, open this up. I'm going to read a little something to you. You probably heard it in the song. It's 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9. And it says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed. Not, but not driven, driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get not down, but we are not destroyed. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Is that? Does that sum up some of your lives right there? If it doesn't, you'll, you'll experience that in life. I'm not going to tell you, everything's going to be lovey-dovey. I work with a guy, and, and, and I always say, how you doing? He's from, like, Guam. And he, he goes, hey, bud. Hey, bud. I say, how you doing? He said, everything lovey-dovey. Everything lovey-dovey. And I said, you know what? He's got a great attitude about that. You know, and we talk about the things of the Lord and everything. But that guy has a way of looking at things that uh, he can always see the good in it. How about you? I pray that we can. When we put on the lens of the Lord, you know, that makes all the difference. And I'm not dismissing anything about when we go through stuff and we have some tough times. Because I know that we go through tough times. But I'm going to tell you what. I know who will get us through it, don't you? His name is Jesus. Let's keep on going here. So I started looking at this and I said, man, isn't this amazing? You ever been on the radio or listening on the radio or something like this? And, and next thing you know, you just hear this band. And every time you turn the radio on, the band's on. And, and then the next thing you know, they're in concert and all this. And you go, wow, where do they just come from? Poof. One hit wonders, you know. It's like they just, man, they just was in their basement. And next thing you know, they're on David Letterman and stuff. Anybody listen to the band Hootie and the Blowfish? You ever heard that? She sits alone by a lamppost. That's why I do praise music now. <laughs> Everybody goes, don't say that. But, uh, but uh, that, I tell you what, the guy's got an amazing story. But I was listening to some of the uh, Darius Rucker, the singer, and he says, people think we just jumped up here and that was it. He said, they didn't see the seven and eight years living out of the car. You know, they didn't see all those things, you know. And, and so, and he said, what happened was on a little radio station, they started playing some of their songs just a little bit here and there. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I have to tell you, it's been a while back since later, I think David Letterman heard it. And he goes, Hey, I want them guys on there. In an instant from when they went on there, boom. You hear it all the time, you know what I mean? But what I'm saying is, there was a little homework 
There was a little, there was a little give and take. There was some tough times. There was some what? Valleys of failure in there. Amen. So if you're going through that valley of failure, know that it's just a season. Amen. Don't have to stay there the whole time. But I want you to think about that. I thought about some other stuff. And we look at stuff, uh, you know, we talk about music and different things. And also, um, I, I thought of a couple of other things. You know, you go by and you see this mega church. And they just think, wow, that church just popped up there. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. I'll give you for uh, Water's Edge. I know Stuart, the pastor there. Well, a lot of people may know, but it, it, they, maybe they don't know. But they were meeting for 10 years in the gym. You know, at the YMCA, everybody just like, poof, they got all these places. No, it doesn't work like that. There's some behind the scenes, you know what I mean? But the thing is, I want you to see is that when we put that seed in good ground, God will bring it on through. Amen. I have learned a lot about the Lord just being a gardener for the last two weeks. <laughs> two weeks, man, I'm in. You know, I did learn this. My mother-in-law said I cheated, but I figured this is a good thing. Buy the biggest plant you can find to start out with. <laughs> She started like from seed and everything. I went out and said, well, Grandmama, look at this. She said, that's no fair. I got a half a tomato hanging off the thing, man. I'm like, hey, I'm right. I got a big old bud on that thing. Hey, if you're going to go, go big, baby. That's what I said. So, and then you get the best help you can find, right? I have miles over there working and doing everything else. And then you got those that come alongside when everything's done. She ain't even thinking. She ain't even looking at me. Oh, your dear wife. She ain't. She ain't talking to somebody else. Honey, babe. How you doing? <laughs> I love it when my family's just so in tune to what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. She, look how red you are. I love you. But, uh, but see, I got everything out there. I got miles over there. She was doing all this stuff and everything. And we bought, me and Tanya, Tim went down. We found the biggest tomato plants we could put in the ground. And Denise says, I've got some peas left over from experience. And we had a, 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 a what is it? Well, that's it. Maybe you can have a bean experience. But anyway. <laughs> Go back to talking now. You corrected me. See what happened? <laughs> we are very for real here. So anyway, she puts a few peas in there. I said, that's good. That's good. So we will see how things are going there. But it's great. But when I look at things and I start seeing how we have to till that soil, right? And, and we talked about it before, how God's word tills the soil of our heart. And then the word is the seed. And then God brings that water of the word and continues to draw us up as we follow the sun. They even told me this. Now, I don't know if this is anything to it. You guys have been in farming a lot longer than me because I do have two weeks under my belt, like I said. <laughs> Miles said, don't worry about it. Just get you a plant and shove it in there sideways and then leave it alone. I said, he sounds like he's done this before, right? So I put the tomato plant sideways. But see, then he told me, after I said, he's just messing with me. He said, no. He said, it'll give them strong roots because what happens is when the sun brings it up, it'll make it go down deeper. I said, that sounds good. See, sometimes you might come in here feeling halfway sideways, right? You're just going, man, I, I don't know. Uh, this is going on in my life. This is going on in my life. Everything else. But I'm going to tell you, when you plant your seed in good ground, the sun will raise you up. Amen. Miles, you didn't know how much sermon, sermonizing you were doing the other day, did you? But we have a good time. But this journey of faith Sometimes it's a little tough, isn't it? Sometimes it's a little, it's, everybody thinks, you know, I think this is the biggest, craziest thing that I've seen. I hear people talk from time to time and they think, man, if you're a Christian, everything's just going to be lovey-dovey. It's not always lovey-dovey, is it? I mean, you've got to look past some of the things, right? You've got to look that this thing that I'm going through right now is not going to last forever. Amen. Let's at least, you know, that's what I'm praying. If I'm going through a tough time, it's like, this is a season of my life. Amen. But we also know when we go through those seasons, it helps what? Prepare us for what's next. How many know God knows exactly where you are right now? Let me hear you say amen. amen. 
even in the middle of your mess or the top of your mountain, God knows exactly where you are. And to me, that brings me great comfort, especially when I'm in those low places. And I'm going, I'm here, you know, on the end of what was that Shrek? Pick me, pick me. The little donkey jumping up. I feel like I'm over here. Come get me. You know, the water's coming up because I know exactly where you are. And sometimes that's when we like to ask, why? Why am I still going through this? Why? But what the Lord has shown me in my life, if I ask what, it seems like I get a better answer. At least I can hear it a little bit better. What are you showing me during this time? You know, because I asked why before and what I got, why not? <laughs> that wasn't the answer I was waiting on. You know, why, why not you? But, 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 you know, you start doing all that stuff. But we turn around. So I say, what are you showing me during this time? What are you showing me in my life that I can learn and I can glean so that not only I can glorify you and I can see you at work in my life when you grow that plant to the fullness and produce good fruit that I can share with other people. I believe the things that we go through, the, the, the adversity and things that we go through are not just for our own self to come through and become stronger, but to be used to help other people. Amen. See, if I'm going through something, and, and, and I got this in my notes, I might be jumping a little bit ahead of here, but uh, when you go through something, man, and you see somebody else going through it, and it's really touched your heart, you're going you're gonna to kind of cater to that and say, hey, man, you know what? The better days are coming, you know? And so I, I pray when you're going through these things, I don't think it's a bad thing to ask why, but I tell you what, I think it's a really productive thing to ask what. Lord, show me what you're, you're, you're teaching me during this time. So that I can learn this lesson, pass this test, and move on up the mountain. Amen. I want to read a scripture for you today out of Zechariah 4.10. And it starts out like this. It says, do not despise the humble beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. A lot of times, like I go back to see the big churches or the big bands or the big race car drivers or whatever it is. I want you to realize there's some work behind the scene. And it's usually the small things. Small things. I was talking to somebody the other day. So I can't work. My, one of my buddies always, always says this. Except when he says this, he's kind of teasing. But after being one of my buddies for a long time, sometimes I really wonder if he is. He goes, kid, we can't worry about that small stuff. I said, there's no, there's no belts in your car. We can't worry about that small stuff. <laughs> you know, I think we might need a seat belt because I've seen you drive. You know, We can't worry about that stuff. I ain't saying no names. And so something else will come. We can't worry about that little stuff. We can't little worry about that little stuff. You know, but what happens so many times is if we don't watch the small stuff, when the big stuff comes up, we're overwhelmed. I heard a guy talk on money one time. I went to a seminar and a guy was talking about it. He said, if you watch your little money, your big money take care of itself. It's a lot of truth to that because you don't realize how many coffees you buy in a week and how many, you know, candy bars and things. I don't think candy bars count, but (laughs) yeah, Milky Way, Three Musketeer Bars, my favorite. But uh, anyway. Those little things start to add up. Those little, those little things add up. And so when we're taking note of those small things, I don't say we have to worry about stuff, but I think we need to be aware of those things. But God looks at those small things. Are you going to, can I trust you with a little before I give you a lot? Amen. How are you going to respond with this before I give you this? Amen. So God is still cultivating and show us things. And, and, and that's awesome. See, a lot of times people say, oh, I didn't know y'all have a church over there. Well, they didn't know I've been doing ministry for 17 years. Oh, really? I thought you guys just played guitar and all that stuff. Well, you know, that's how it started out. But God has continued to grow that and bring people in and stuff like that. And we're excited to, to, to be right where God has us because guess what? He knows where we are. Amen? 
So people say, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about this? I say, I'm going to keep praying. What are you going to do? And when he tells us to move and he tells us to go or he tells us to stay, that's what we're going to do because I'm not going without him. How about you? Right? So I think we're right where God has us right now. He knows where we are. We continue to seek him. I just want to give you a few other examples. How many people shop at Walmart? Do not go on Sunday. No, I'm teasing. If you go up there, it will put you to a test right on Sundays. That's it. If you do, please don't wear any KTP stuff. If you go, I'm teasing. I had a friend of mine, we had some jackets and stuff, and she called me, she says, I tell you what, somebody cut in front of line me, and I was at Walmart for so long, and I turned around, I was getting ready to give him a piece of my mind, I looked down, I had a Keep the Promise shirt on. She said, so I just blessed him. I said, well, that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how many people know you and everything else, but, but you know what? We want what's inside to pour out, and we want what is inside to be that of Christ, Amen. But you know what? When we do go through those things, hey, man, apologize, keep going, and just rest in the Lord. So, did you all know this? I, I, I listen to a lot of people like on leadership and different things and read the Bible and, and put them all together. I, I heard a story one time that I think it was Sam Walton. Is that who runs, uh, had the, the, the dad of Walmart? The story I heard was, he said, man, he would always look at different things, how I can make it better, how I can do this. And he went out of the country, and he was an older gentleman at this time, and he went over, and he had a tape measure, and he was measuring in between the aisles and everything. They locked him up. They put him in jail. That's, that's the story I read now. And, uh, and it, the family comes down and they said, what's going on? He said, uh, is he all right? What's going on? He's one of the richest men in the world. He said, hey, what, what were you doing? He says, I wanted to see if, if, that was, if, if we could make things better. He wanted to see if he moved stuff over just an inch or two. Would he be able to grow his business more? That he would be able to do a little bit better deal. You see what I'm saying? The whole story was he was so in tune. He's like, because he knew the little stuff makes a difference over the long time. Right? I was thinking yesterday, I won't get into too much of it. And like I said, the Lord usually speaks to me in the shower most of the time because that's the only time my mouth is shut or I drown. And I thought about my dad. My dad was, uh, he worked at NASA and he did controls. You know, he would, he would take like this little controller and be able to control these big valves with a lot of air pressure on it. And I remember as a kid, my dad said, come on over here, boy, I'm going to show you something. And he, he would bring these things out of the trash, an M55 controller and all these things. I don't know what they were. I was like, can you play guitar with it? I didn't even want to listen to it. But he said, I'm going to show you something that might, might help you someday. And he told me, he says, there's, a, there's big valves out there that hold, you know, hold back thousands and thousands of pounds. And he says, you know what I did today? He said, everybody was waiting and everything. They were going to run this big tunnel run. And they called me over and I put my cup of coffee down and I did this. Boop. Okay, go ahead and run. I said, what? He said, I moved a screw a quarter of an inch and it changed everything. I said, really? Now I'm interested now. I like that type of manpower. I don't like all this, you know. And he says, the way this thing works, it has three points on it. You take the pressure and it goes three, nine, and 15. Can you count to 15? I'm thinking, Dad, I can make it. I know the school system's not the best way I grew up, but I got, I got 15. He said, if you can remember that, you can do my job. I said, what do you mean? He says, three is at zero. That means the valve's closed. You crank it into nine. That's half of the position. Fifteen is all the position right there of the whole valve. And I'm like, okay. You said, buddy, why are you telling me all this? I thought about this on the message. You can move that thing just a little bit. And it was controlling 5,000 pounds of air. It changed the flow. It changed everything with just in the beginning moving one little notch. You said, okay, how does that, how does that work with me? Let me give you another one. 
I don't golf. Who golfs in here? Anybody golf? There's good reason why I don't golf. I'll just leave that one alone. I do like putt-putt, though. Put your kids out of the way if I get out. I mean, I just, I get excited with stuff. They always, Tim don't like me really borrowing his tools because last time he had like this big old uh, chainsaw, which is not a good thing for me. And he was cutting my stuff. I said, dude, take a break. And I'm like pushing the thing through and it's, and it's smoking up. Like, yeah, I got it. The chain falls off and everything. I like things done fast, you know. But see, it's the small things, right? So I go back, and this guy was, was getting golf lessons, and the first day he did golf lessons, he did really good. He said, man, this ain't nothing to it. And the next day he goes back to get some golf lessons. He's over here, he's over here, he's over there. And he goes, he said, man, ain't, ain't golf something. He said, no, you're just a poor instructor. He said, no, he said, you know what? You think you're way off from this situation. He said, you're only about a millimeter off. He said, could it fool me? I'm over there. I'm over here. And the guy said, there's something I haven't told you yet. He said, the angle of that club, if it's just a few millimeters off, over the course of time, you see where I'm going with this? Over the course of time, it will move you away over here. Anybody shoot any guns, right? If you shoot a gun, if, if you, you jerk your hand like that, that's what I think is amazing on TV. You know, I've done some target practicing and stuff, and I'm holding it down like this and squeeze the trigger. And okay, I get pretty close. And these guys can do all this. And they're shooting everybody. The whole reason I'm giving you guys the background on this, a little as much over the course of time. You see what I'm saying? Let's go back to that, that golf club. The guy said, if you just tighten that swing up just like a, just a millimeter, it'll change everything over the course. The things that I'm telling you today, the little adjustments we can make in our life make a big difference over time. Amen? I'll give you a perfect example. Spend a little time with God. See what happens by the end of the week. Spend a little more prayer time with the Lord. Tell your wife you love her a few more times. See how that works out for you. Okay? All those things. It starts adding up. It starts adding up. See, and we get overwhelmed. One more story. The guy said he had a, a client that was a, a plastic surgeon, one of the most amazing plastic surgeons of all over the world. He went and he went to talk to the guy, and he was in the, uh, the waiting room, and the guy had a bunch of books of these ladies and men. He looked through the men and looked at the ladies, and he says, this is amazing. He had a bunch of measurements on their face and said the difference between someone, and this is kind of worldly, but I'm going to still give you this. The difference between someone that was found very, very gorgeous and, and, and average was a millimeter. Right here, the distance between your nose and your lip and also your eye. And he, and he got thinking about the same thing. He goes, isn't that something? The reason I say all this is this. We think that our problem is way big where it might just be a millimeter off at the base. That's all those stories were about. Just a little bit. A lot of things can be controlled over time or, or an asset to those things over time by making a smooth, a few little teeny course, course adjustments over the time. So I hope you got that right there. I wrote something last night and I thought it was kind of amazing. I don't know if anybody else had ever heard it, but I wrote it down. And so being a Christian doesn't mean it's easy. It means it's worth it because Jesus did it all. You know, we think we got to do the big stuff. God did the big stuff. We just need to believe. That's just a little thing, isn't it? He said, if you got the, the, the enough faith as a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. What I want to do today is show you how little bite-sized pieces of faith can change everything. Amen. Everybody ready? Let's keep on rolling. So I want us to hold the course. We're going to learn to love. We're going to learn to forgive. We're going to learn to receive and press on with God. Has everybody doing good? Say amen. amen. All right. So. 
Here's a place that we don't like to stay very long in, the valley of failures. And I want to talk about that a little bit. I said most of us, when we hear the word failure, we get this image of losing, guilt, fear, all these things. We bite our lips and say, man, I'll never do that again. We clench our feet and stomp our, 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 clench our hands and stomp our feet and that stuff. But that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about when things don't go as we have planned. And, and we start to see our shortcomings come to the top. But I also know this in my life. How about you? Those shortcomings in the hand of God can be mighty tools. Everybody is unique. Everybody doesn't have the same gift. Everybody doesn't have the same style of talking, preaching, working on stuff, baking, whatever. But that uniqueness can make all the difference in the world. So don't worry about not being like somebody else. Be who God's called you to be, amen. Keep your eyes on the Lord, even in the midst of those things. So I want to look at this, and the first thing I want to share with you is this. First things first, everyone has failures. See, when we get on the pity party, we think that the neighbor next door never has any problem. Golly, they got the nice car, their kids are going here, and they got the daffodils are going, their tomato plants are this big, and that's and all that stuff. But they don't know what they've been through to get to that point, amen? You really don't. And really, does it matter? You know? I'm going to let that one hang there for a while. Does it really matter? So I got to thinking about that. I said, failures and shortcomings come to everybody. I said, but it's what you do with them that makes a difference. How we view them makes all the difference. What does my buddy said? Hey, bud, everything's lovey-dovey. But we got to work overtime. Everything's lovey-dovey. They're going to pay us, right? Everything's lovey-dovey. He has that unique ability to always find something good in it. My mom's like that. I love that. I want to be more like that. God looks at us and he sees your best even on your worst day. He can find that in you. Lord, help us to have those eyes for others, but not only others, for the folks in the mirror. Because like I said, just like last week and we've been talking, we can really, really beat ourselves up. Now, we're talking about failures. I did a little research on this. And I, I said, many of you have heard this story about Thomas Jefferson and the, and the light bulbs. And he didn't say he failed. He said, I just, I, I, I just went on with this and he says this. He says, I just found 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. He didn't say he failed 10,000 times. He said, I found 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. Amen. I found many, many ways to not have a good song, you know, but the God, when God's in it, he can make it all work out. Amen. So there's a lot of things that we find in our life. We found many, many ways not to do it. Like Thomas is getting out on his own. He's going to run off and get married and everything pretty soon and, and all those things. And I said, look, my famous line to him, I said, look, I didn't wake up 50 years old and I don't have it all figured out. But your dad can tell you a whole lot of things not to do that will save you a lot of tears, man. A lot of headache. And what does he do? He listens to every single word I say. <laughs> he does everything just like I say. Woo, pray for us. <laughs> he pretty much responds just like I did. What does he know, right? But I will tell you, you watch how smart I get in about 10 years, boy. You watch, you know, because I'm thinking, my dad, what is he doing? I mean, he's still, you know, he came through the depression. He don't know nothing about that. He said, I went out and got a car payment and everything. He said, oh, you got a car payment? I said, yeah, $165. $165? How much you wake a week? $160. <laughs> I don't know about you, but he said, even with the Kikatan math, you should have known that might not be a good idea, right? You know, and so it was a great idea for about three months. And then other things come in, and the insurance comes in, and everything else. And then you loan the car to somebody, and they wreck it. 
man, how'd dad know that? He might have not known all that, but he knew that, you know what, there's a lot to come along with these things. When you make these snap decisions, sometimes it's the millimeter that cuts you down the road way off the path, amen? But I'm here to tell you, even if you've had made those adjustments and things like that, God will still come get you, even if you're in the ditch, amen? Mm -hmm. Amen, that's what I want to hear. My dad didn't pound me down and say, I told you. He said, well, there's a couple things you can do. You can fix the truck and sell the truck. You can work more. Or you can just uh, tough it out. Those are the options, you know. Notice he didn't say you could quit. He never gave me that option. He never gave me that option. And I'm thankful that he didn't. Because there's a many of things in my life and your life. I could quit real easy. But you know what? Sometimes in that valley of failures, just running the course will teach you a life lesson. That's priceless, amen? It really will. Talking about different things, I looked at some inventors, and you guys probably heard. Did you all know that penicillin was, was not something that, it, it, was a, it was a failure. Somebody had some dirty dishes and came back from the holiday and found out, hey, what's growing on here? And, and saw some mold and things like that and kept on perfecting it. And guess what? How many lives have been saved just because a man has some dirty dishes? Isn't that amazing? Don't use that, guys. I'm just telling you, it worked out for him. Okay? But, but we'll see what's what. Guess what? All right, y'all ready for this one? The Slinky. Who had a Slinky growing up? Who knows the song? The Slinky. Everybody knows this song, right? I didn't know this till yesterday. The Slinky was a sensitive spring that was meant to keep fragile equipment on ships. But some guy walked down the little, little porthole there or whatever they did and hit it. And it went boom, boom. He goes, wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and, and it just did that. And now, look, every, most anybody, and now you buy them for your kids, and they don't want them, but you just want them to have them because you have one, right? He says, you got to have one of these. This is cool. And they're like, I want an Xbox. <laughs> it's not an iPad? <laughs> no, you know? All right, what else we got? Wheaties, cornflakes. I thought that was pretty cool because some hippies invented that. I won't get into all that. Y'all look it up. Wheaties was, a, was a, something that, that was a mistake. Plastic. The guy from Goodyear. End up coming with some plastics and stuff. Look at all the things now that they do medically wise and all that stuff. Little things. These were what they thought were failures. But God had bigger intentions with those things. Are you ready for this? There was a guy working on this particular box, uh, electrical box and things like that. And he put the wrong resistor in there. And it started making a beat like this. End up being the pacemaker. Is that wild? I didn't know these things. This is so cool. And so what, what happens is it really boosts my faith. What about WD-40? Anybody know about that WD-40? Put it on stuff. It stands for water displacement. You know why they call it? It took them 39. Uh, they found 39 ways not to make it. Amen. <laughs> and on the 40th try, three guys had a rocket business and they came up with that. 39 ways not to do it. Amen. So I, when, I, when I say this, when I was studying this out, I'm thinking, man, I got a chance in life with some big stuff, you know? You do too. But you know, the biggest thing is this. If you never created anything else, it's what God created in you that really matters. But I want you to see when, when other people think things are a failure, or you're in this, this deal right here, maybe it's something that God's showing you that might change the world. Amen? Let's keep on going with that. So... This morning, I want you to hear this. Don't be afraid to fail. Okay? Don't be afraid to fail. I would rather go out and do something and not make it than sit on the sidelines and never make it. 
There's people that will never experience a, a trying to have some friends or relationships because they've been through some of these things and it's like, I'm done. I don't even want to go through that anymore. You might die kind of lonely, you know? You know? People say, man, you got a lot of friends. I know a lot of people. You catch that? I know a lot of people. And I got some good friends. But when you really come down to it, my dad always told me, he said, man, if you go through this life and you have one or two great friends, you've got something. So I got more than something. I got a great church family. You know? I got, I got, I got some loving friends. I've got some loving family. But you know what? Sometimes we always want to look at the other guy, what they have. Take a little inventory of what you got. Amen? Don't be afraid to fail. Let's keep on rolling. How you respond to failure charts your growth. Amen? You can find out as time goes by. How many people respond different to a problem at 50 than they did at 20? Yeah, amen. Okay, well, okay, I know not everybody's 50. So how many people respond different from, from problems at 15 than they did at 30? How about, I'll bring it down to y'all. Okay, I know we got a bunch of youth here and all that. Yeah. It's things that would just spin me around what now really doesn't matter. I'm really thankful for the guitars and everything I got and stuff like that. If somebody wanted to play one when I was 18, I was like, man, well, what type of, you ain't got no bracelet on, do you? You got this, I mean, I'm like putting a wand over, you know. Now I'm like, yeah, go for it. I don't, I don't want to be a bad steward with stuff, but it's only stuff. You know what I mean? It's really only stuff. You know what's the old saying? You never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. You can't fit it in that box, man. You know, you just can't. But, you know, also, I think we should be good stewards and stuff. And I don't mean you work for everything and just say, well, here you go. Hey, look, you know what? I like to share the blessings that the Lord's given me. Amen. And you know what? I like when people appreciate stuff. Amen. I think that's really what we really like when somebody appreciates something like that. When somebody does something or, or things like that. I always try to, you know, I've had my friends tell me, man, you only got to thank me once. I heard you. And I know that's true. But I want them to know how much it means to man. I really appreciate you taking some time, especially time, because I can't give that back. I can't I can't reimburse that time. Amen. But you know what? When somebody gives you time, that really shows you that they give you love in my book. Amen. How much time are you putting in with the Lord? Because he gave everything. He stopped time boom, and sent Jesus for you. Amen. Let's keep on going. I said, what you learn and apply from failure can change your life and the world. Look at those examples we gave. All those different things. All those different things. I thought more and more and more about those things as I was looking at it over the, over the weekend. I said, man, isn't this something? And I said, really, if we're honest about failure, it's a huge part of the victory process. You ever heard the thing, well, that guy doesn't have any skin in the game. Do you know what I'm talking about, my guy? See, somebody can tell you how to do all these things. But they've never added up any money, any effort, any anything. So they're real fast. You just go ahead and do it. You ought to just do that. But when you've got some skin in the game, when you've worked for this thing, and you've put some time in, and you've got an investment in it, you care. Amen? So, you know, it's easy for people to come in here and just sit down and go, well, you know what? Uh, you, you should have turned the air conditioner up a little bit. You didn't need to take a wall out and all this, and they're gone. Well, come on and help us out. <laughs> ain't too busy. Come on, bring a shovel. Bring, bring a hammer. You know, the Lord knows I can't use one. <laughs> I'd be preaching a funeral. Probably mine if I had it. I, that's not my gift, you know. But whatever your gift is, use it for the Lord. Use it for the Lord. 
We don't have to stay in the valley of failures. You know what? I said, look at the disciples. Look, look how they became overcomers in the world. And I said, God will never leave you or desert you, even on the path of adversity. Everybody doing good? Let's keep on moving. We'll keep on rolling through here. I'm going to pick up a little speed here. I said, fails versus adversity. I said, failure without learning leaves one weak. I said, a good way, this might be a good way to define. So quitting without receiving the results you desire. How many people quit right before, right before? I remember doing a sermon a long time ago, and there was a lady that was going to swim across the Atlantic Ocean or somewhere, and she had went a couple of times. And anyway, one of the last times she did, when she finally quit, she couldn't go on anymore. She was like feet from the finish line. Man, Lord, help us to finish what we start. Lord, help us to have people come along the side of the spurs on so you could do it. You could do it. Lend a hand, do something. You know, come along the sides. I said, but, you know, but going through adversity and striving helps us become stronger. Amen. I'm not talking about, oh, we're losing, we're doing this, everything. I'm talking about gaining momentum from the test. Amen. When you go through something and you've learned something, you've experienced something, you come out the other side, usually stronger. Amen. Sometimes it's pretty brutal in the valley. But I can tell you this. If you got the Lord, you're going to make it. And I've talked to people all the time. Have you ever, ever seen this and you have a family or somebody you know going through something? And you go, I've heard this over and over. You might have said it. I'm sure I've said it. I don't know how somebody would go through this without the Lord. I'm serious. I don't know how somebody would go through a loss like this or a situation like this without the Lord. Here's the good news. You don't have to. Amen. You don't have to. And that doesn't mean everything is just fine when you go through it. But I want to tell you what. That is the comfort right there. It's the comfort when you, when you uh, know somebody's lost a loved one and that person knows the Lord. Amen. It's a comfort when you know that, that somebody's investing in their children to, to read the word or, or teach the word or, or, or teach them how to pray and all these things. I heard something going down the road the other day and it really alarmed me. And they had looked at a lot of different things. Uh, in the church and they did a lot of statistics and one of the things that they were finding that in some of the youth groups and I'm not saying this I'm just telling you what I heard on the radio that they took a hundred kids out of different youth groups and they asked them tell me what it is to be saved tell me what it is to be you know have a relationship with the Lord and they were all over the board you know that's scary because what they said was, because when they leave from there, they're going to go to college. And if any of, of you guys have watched the movie we had out uh, not too long ago, God's Not Dead, it's, it's going to challenge what you believe. Life challenges what you believe. So that's why I always want to make sure that we get a good, strong foundation about it's all about Jesus. It's by grace you say through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift of God. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God. I say it every week. Why do you say it every week? How many times did I have to hear it before, before it clicked? A lot. But that one day, I heard it. I'm not going to keep the message under, under you know, a, a bushel basket. He wants us to shine that message and put the word out. And you know what? That doesn't mean you have to be a, a pastor or a worship leader to do it. You can do it right where you are. Amen? Because you're going to meet people that I don't. She's going to meet people that I don't. And God will use you in those pockets, in those valleys, and along the path. Amen? Well, let's keep on rolling. Adversity with learning brings strength and growth. When we come out the other side and we learn something from it, I think that's a good deal, isn't it? If I'm going to go through all this pain, it's, I want to take away. I want something out of that. I'm, going, I'm not going to touch that fire no more, right? And then when somebody else goes up to touch the brass, I don't do that. That's not good. Let's go. What can I learn from that? 
I said, again, I said, it's really a huge piece of maturing and growing in the life struggles. I said, there's just some things that can't be learned without the test of adversity. At least at the, at the fullness and the experience that we, we can find out that changes our life. Look at money. Look at sickness. Look at disappointment. If you've been through a money situation, you come out the other side and somebody doesn't have any, you're very in tune to that. If you've been sick or got a bad report and you come out the other side and you see somebody else going through that, your heart's tuned to that. Amen? Think about it over and over. If somebody has had a loss or you've had a big loss in your life and you come through the other side, you're going to be able to minister to somebody more than maybe something that happened. Now, I don't necessarily think you have to go through all these things to be used by God. I think if we're willing and we're obedient and we're available, God will use you. Amen. But those things and those, those that come down the path of adversity can be used not only to strengthen us, to glorify God and help somebody else along the way. You believe that? Say amen. amen. I said wisdom can be gleaned through adversity. We can learn some stuff. We can learn some stuff through that. You know, and it's not, no, how many people like tests? I don't like tests. I never did. Now, if I have to take something and write it all down, man, that's not good. If you say, buddy, how does this work? I can say, well, we do this and we turn this and we do this and all that, you know, and I can do okay with that. I'm not a test taker in that sense. But in life, we will all be test takers. I don't say that to overwhelm you. I'm just telling you the truth. So I'm keeping you aware. And it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It might be something simple. If you walk through that door and there's somebody coming behind you, you're going to open it for them and hold it. Or you say, I got stuff to do. You know? It could be something simple. All those things right there. But remember we said the little things? The little millimeter things? Just the little steps. Little steps. I tell you what. I believe. I I think this. I think when when God shows us our life, he's going to look at the whole picture. You believe that? And I, I, I believe. I know the small. I'll put it this way. I know some of the smaller things that my kids do bless me more than some of the big things. It's great that they get good grades. They sure take after their mama. And nobody gives them anything on that because they study very hard. But when I hear them stand up for their faith at school, or when I hear them say, hey, look, we need to pray for somebody. Woo! I don't care how many A's you got. If your heart hasn't been changed in reflecting Christ, it's just head knowledge. It's so great when it's heart knowledge and it shows, amen? That's what I think building disciples, creating disciples is all about. Because let me tell you, that world out there is pretty rough and it's pretty dark. And I'm not preaching doom and gloom because we are the light of the world. And let us go out there and represent the Lord. He's the light. He's in us, amen? But I tell you what, you don't have to be burning real bright in a dark world for somebody to see it, Amen? So keep on fanning the flames of faith and encouraging one another in that because we can continue to just have wisdom and, and keep going. This next thing, I'm jumping ahead of myself, but here, endurance is multiplied along the way. Anybody lift any weights or do anything or have any physical therapy, stuff like that? When you do that, you don't start out with 250 pounds. I don't. That's probably what I weigh, but that's not what I'm starting out moving. But, you know, it's the small things. When my arm was injured years ago, when my bicep came loose here, they didn't say, well, look, we're going to put it back together. Let's see if you can bench press 190 pounds. Little stuff. You know what they gave me? They gave me a hammer. I didn't use it. It was part of the thing. A hammer. Y'all will figure out if we ever have a work day. Don't do it. I'm not good with it. But I'd have to take that and turn it this way. And turn it back this way. You think, well, what's that going to do? You know, one of the hardest things for me to do after I had that surgery on my arm was open a door. 
I could do all types of stuff. Well, guess what I do at work? I turn valves all day long. So now I got this thing like this. I can do it with this one, but sometimes I got to be the man behind the curtain turn like this. So the guys had to cover me on that. I was like, okay, we need to turn this one. We need to shut this. We need to do this. I go to a door and they say, oh, it's one, one of those new things, buddy. You got to turn the handle. That's what I used to hear all the time. I tried to go like, I hit my shoe on it. I couldn't turn it. Who would have thought that much? Makes that big a difference. It makes a lot of difference. Driving, trying to use your turn signal. You're driving, now you got to do this. And that's just little stuff. But it made me think, wow, what about people that have really been hurt? It gave me compassion for others that have gone through some big things. You know what I mean? We just think, oh, yeah. Uh, think about this. You know, you big, strong guy, bump your toe. <laughs> you find out what that little piggy toe means to you, won't you? You're like, oh, my goodness. You know, you're dancing around and things like that. But I tell you what, all of those parts of the body work together. All of the parts of God's body work together. Just because you're a thumb don't mean you're more important than a toe. Just because you're mouth don't mean you're important, more important than an ear. And I tell you what, sometimes I think the ear is one of the, one of the main things if we would listen. Amen? And receive. Let's keep on rolling. Last little bit here. I said walking in step with God is always a blessing. I look back through the, the, the word of the Lord and I see all the different things with the disciples and stuff. And they walked through some pretty tough times, didn't they? If you think about it, I, I love Peter in the, in, in the Bible because, man, if there was a guy that could blow it and had a big mouth, that's him. I wonder why I like him so much. I was like, that's me. See, when you insert yourself in the story, you go, I can relate to that guy. You know? And he goes, oh, man, I'll never, never leave you or forsake you. Three, three times. I ain't never seen him before in my life. Right? You know? Aren't you one of those Jesus guys? Not me. Man, the Lord help us to stand strong. But the Lord told him, and the Lord restored him. Did you hear that? The Lord restored him. You remember when all that was going down, everybody ran. They scattered. But on the day of Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit was poured out, 3,000 people got saved. A little transformation in there. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he puts the Holy Spirit in you as a deposit, a guarantee, down payment. You're his, amen? You belong. So what is in you is the same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. This message is to show you that we walk through some tough times, but we never do it alone. It's to show you that God's equipped you, amen? And he's equipped each and every one of us with different gifts. Walking with, in step with God is always a blessing. I didn't say it's always easy. How many times God's asked you to do something you go, I don't want to, you know? Or wake you up in the middle of the night and say, I want you to do this tomorrow. And you go, I must be dreaming, right? How many of you guys have done exactly what God asked you to do? Might not see the fruit of it right then, but later on seen it. Amen? That's pretty amazing. We want to see it instant, man. We like that microwave faith. Here, we're just about to do this, believe that, poof. You know? I will tell you a piece of that right there. You ready? When you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Now, for eternity. You want something fast to happen in your life? Trust Jesus. That's where it starts. And there's so much, so much more he has for you. I was still thinking about one of my favorite stories. I, I pull it in a lot of times about in Acts chapter 3, if I'm not mistaken, about Peter and John go to the gate beautiful. They see the man that they couldn't walk for 40 years. And they, they tell him, man, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He stands up, bones popping, people praising the Lord, everything else. And the Pharisee says, hey, man, you got to hold it down. 
Now remember, just a little while back, these were the guys that ran when things went bad. They're going, the Pharisees brings them, bring them in and put them before the court and they say, man, what are we going to do with these guys? Man, if we, we do too much, the crowd's going to lynch us. We'll just tell them guys, like, don't preach Jesus no more. What did they say? I'll put it in Buck Road translation. What, are you kidding me? <laughs> Can I not talk about the things of God? Have you lost your mind? That I would, that I would cower and cater to the things of man? I'm going with Jesus. And they did. Lives were changed. Transformation was happening. God walked them through the path of adversity so that they could be on the mountaintop. Everybody doing good? Let's keep on rolling. We're going to get ready to wrap it up here with a few things. I said, folks, don't just pop up on the mountaintop. We talked about that when we first started out. I hear it all the time. Oh, buddy, it's easy for you to share Jesus because you play guitar. (laughs) It's a crowbar. Open the door, tell them about Jesus. We talked about Jesus today just with with the uh, overpriced tomato plant. It don't matter. You don't have to have strings on it. You can tell them. You can use your motorcycle. You can do that. You can go bowling. You can do whatever. You can use your boat. You can use your hammer. You can use a smile. You can use your ear. Right? All those things that, that, that God has put in you can make the difference. But I'm telling you, don't look side to side in comparison. Look to the Lord. But if you do look side to side, look who you can help along the way. Look who you can help along the way. You're not up on the mountaintop just for the view. Amen? Tie that in just a minute. Work with what you have. How many people say, man, if I, man, what you hear that? Man, if I had your money, man, if I had this, if I had, I had, I had, I had, but what have you had, right, that you weren't a good steward with to this point? Now, I'm just talking in worldly things because you know what? All that's going to burn and and, and be stubble and everything else. But what has God given you and entrusted you that you can share with somebody else and make a difference? I know one thing the word. Amen? Your faith. That does not mean, like I said, you got to put somebody in the chicken wing to tell them about Jesus. Maybe it's you running track. And they say, man, how do you get so much energy? I said, man, the Lord's blessed me with that. You know, whatever it is. How in the world does this come through there? Or even when it's the bad thing, how in the world can you come through the other side and you're not angry and you're not this? And, and, and the truth of the matter, sometimes we are angry. Sometimes we are wounded. Sometimes we are hurt. But Lord, help us not to stay there. Amen. Help us, help us to get the view of the, the, from the mountaintop of the valley and never forget where you came from. Don't forget where you came from, but you don't have to live there. Amen? Let's keep on rolling. I was getting ready to go down another path. I'll save that for later. I said, when you're at the top, what do you see? When I think about where I grew up, and I do not believe I'm at the top. Don't get, me, don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying at all. But when I look where I came from, that last statement, don't forget. When I see my friends and my neighbors still don't know about Jesus, that hurts my heart. So when there's something going on, I'm going. I'm going. When somebody calls me, I don't care if they go to the church or not. I'm going to tell them about Jesus. And if there's any way I can do it, and I can't do all of them, but Lord, make a way so I can do what you give me to do. You might be the only Bible somebody sees, amen? You might be the only Bible somebody sees. Let God use you. So what do you see? 
In my travels, I've been up on the top, been down, been on the side, hanging off, everything else, just like anybody else. But the thing I think is amazing is this. When you're at the top, so to speak, work with me here a little bit. When, you, when you're overflowed with blessings and you look around, who do you see that needs to be blessed? Who do you see that needs to be blessed? I can tell you this. You got to have money to make it. I don't personally think I got to have all the money. And it really means less and less to me. It really does. It don't matter. I like to pay my bills. I don't want nobody to come get something or anything else. But the bottom line is, it don't matter if I buy somebody else's lunch. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, those things. And that's just one tool. It doesn't matter if, if somebody's car's broke down and you got to be careful. But if you help them, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? In the aspect of, I don't have time. I don't have time. Make some time and watch how God will make a lot out of a little. You watch that. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised how much a phone call will mean to somebody. You'll be surprised. Just stop by and say, I was thinking about you today. It means something to somebody. It does. And more times than not, when I get the nudge and I send something to somebody, say, hey, man, I'm just praying for you today. I'll get back. You just don't believe your timing. And I go, that ain't my timing. That's God's timing. Over and over and over. How many people have got that text message? Or, you know, people don't write too many letters these days. Or that call. And you're thinking, wow. This was a divine appointment. Amazing. Don't miss out on that, man. Because I believe when we're at the mountaintop, not only what we see is important, but what we hear. Are we listening when we're in those places? I pray that we are. Let's keep on going. So train up the next bunch. And I was talking a little bit about what I heard. It really disturbed me that, you know, we want to make sure anybody comes through here. If they say, well, what do, what do they teach down there at, at Keep the Promise? Would you be able to say, well, they talk about Jesus. Well, yeah, well, what about Jesus? He's the only way. He's the truth, the way, the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. Not even if you don't even quote all the scriptures. It's like, you know what? That Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. And he loves me in the midst of everything else. And when I called on the name of Jesus, asked him to come to mind, Jesus Christ forgave my sin. It is finished. Could you remember that? Could you, if you went to eat today and ate lunch and somebody said, you know, where are you guys coming from? Would you be able to lead them to the Lord and tell them about your Savior? I pray that you do. I pray that you can. If, if there's some things you want to talk about like that, hey, we'll help you. That's discipleship. We want to make sure that every, my, my goal is this. Everyone that calls this place home can lead somebody to the Lord and will lead this. I'm trusting that they will lead somebody to the Lord. Now, I'm not saying you got to be the preacher. I'm not saying anything else. But give account. The Bible says always be able to give account of what you believe. All right? And that's cool. That's making disciples. That's the whole deal. Let's keep on going. Train up the next bunch. I had a few things here I wanted to, to read. I, I, said this. I said if your legacy dies with you, then you've, you've died an ineffective leader. Why would you say that, buddy? I said, because what is the job of a good leader? It's to lead others not only to where they are, but past where they are. That's what I believe. When I was teaching guitar, I wanted them to go past where I was. When I was teaching a, a, a karate instructor, I wanted them to go past where I was. With my kids, I want them to go further than me. With you guys, I want you to run this race with everything you got. Go as far as you can. And then hand it off to somebody else to keep it going. 
I met with a, uh, uh, a man, a lady that's going to be getting married here. And I, I used to like sit down a little bit and talk to him and everything. I went to Mr. C's, right? And we said, it was dead there that day. It was uh, Friday. Nobody was there right after work. And I was talking to them and I was sharing a few things and asking about where Christ was in their life. And they told me all these things. And it was really kind of funny. In the middle of that, the jukebox cuts on them. Guess who was on it? Keep the promise. That's so cool, right? We've got about three or three or four CDs that are in the jukebox at Mr. C's, right? Now, how many, how many places a business got Christian music in the jukebox? I think that's cool. And I'm thinking about leaving a legacy. Look, I didn't put the money in there. I didn't do it out of the blue. And the lady behind the thing was pouring some tea. She goes, that's weird. She goes, that's you. I go, I sound thinner than I really am. <laughs> and my buddy's telling his wife to me, he's always joking. I said, I wasn't joking about it. And, and I said, isn't that something? The reason I say that, that when you invest in things for the long haul, see that right there? God's using that even when we're asleep. God's using the stuff on the phone even when we're asleep. The things that you guys have prayed about and you guys have partnered with, the, the websites, the this, the handing out the, the books, the tracks, all those things. So a lot of times you might not see that, the fishing camps, all these things, the race cars and things like that. That's all a piece of what God's blessed us with and the passion that God's gave you. Let's use it for him. Let's use it for him. That's pretty amazing. So I got to thinking about that and I thought, isn't that amazing? Because sometimes you can feel like you're not that effective, amen? You're running all the time, running all the time. I've had people, my buddy, one of my buddies, I went over his house the day. He goes, dude, how do you do all the things you do? I said, I don't know, but uh, I think it's got a lot to do with Jesus. And he said, really? I said, yeah, it's got everything to do with Jesus. What are you talking about? Because I wouldn't even have the desire to do the things that we do. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't want to play no more. I want to go home. Anybody ever dealt with somebody like that? You work with some people like that? It don't go exactly the way they want. They just pick up the ball. I don't want to go no more. I can tell you in ministry, things have not always, if I talk about Jay's work, and we work in the same place. But in life, you have that. You know? I don't want to play no more. To me, that is not an option as a Christian. To me, that's not an option anyway. There's things sometimes that I think we might need to step away from. I think we might need to reevaluate. But if God's called you to that, then guess what? Press in and press on. Because there's something that he's showing you in that. And it's something that he's working in you in that. And you might be the, the source to ignite the fire for that. Amen. You know, that's amazing. I don't care about where you're at, where you work. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's, it's, it's tough sometimes. How many know usually the people that are the closest to you are the hardest to reach? Amen. You know? The, oh, they're just, the buddy's just going through a phase. He's just going through a phase. What's a phase? No, my hair was going through a phase. My heart's not going through a phase. It knows Jesus, amen? My waistline's going through a phase, but my heart is tuned to Jesus, right? Sometimes my ear isn't, but the Lord's working on that. But if I beat myself up every time I miss it, guess what? I'm not going to be very effective, am I? I'm going to be bruised up, used up, and down and thinking, man, God can't use me. And thinking that somehow I qualified myself when we know the truth of the matter is none of us qualify ourselves. Only the blood of Christ. Somebody ought to be on the end of your toes yelling at that one. Hey, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In the worst day, he sees the best. Let me tell you, when I start looking at stuff and I look back through the things in my life and I, I, sometimes it's like a time machine. I'm going, ooh, that wasn't good. Oh, that was cool. That wasn't good. Ooh, never do that again. And I look at all that. And then the bottom line is this. Man, God still loves me. 
There's things I don't love about me. Going through that, I go, oh, that's not good. But God says, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to be like that. I knew you were going to respond like that. Guess what? Didn't change nothing I did right here. Because I still love you. Man. So when I look at it from that view, that's not my stopping point. That's my starting point. Right there. That changed my life. Did it change yours? It should. Man, let me tell you. When I got saved, I didn't even know all that. All I knew was this. I knew that I was a sinner. And I knew that God still loved me. And he would take me right the way I was. I was like, I am in. I didn't even want to take me. But he took me. And then he graciously moved me through things. And he still does that. And still does that. And you get a couple of high parts and you come back down the other side. Because I believe when you come back down the other side, you, have, you should have more things in your life that you can scoop up with to bring it back up the other side of blessing and understanding and nurturing others. Tanya said it best. I, I, I didn't know she was even going to say that. She said something along the lines, and I clicked when she said that when she was praying. She said, you know what? The destination's the same. We know where we're going to be as child, child of God. But the journey might be a little different. Don't miss what I'm saying. There's one way to get to God. I'm talking about the walk that God has for us. Where you are. What you do. What, you, what your gifts are. All those different things. I don't care how old you are. How young you are. Because I'm going to tell you. I just learned a few dance moves already. Over here. That does my heart so good. See young folks in here. Young folks with young folks. Man. Right there. That's our future. That's our future. Oh man. That's our future right there. These guys, are you pouring in them? Are you investing in them? Are you talking about that? But not only that, those of us are, are starting to, to mature a little bit. Watch out, dancing around that. We have a lot to share too. You want to get under my skin, man. You see somebody, shove somebody elderly to the side and think they have nothing to bring to the table. I don't do good with that. I don't do good with that. Because I know that they're a blessing. And I know that because of what they sacrificed, we can walk in what we have today. Never miss an opportunity to love on somebody. Never miss an opportunity to hug somebody. You know what I'm saying? You know? Man, that ain't, that ain't even in the notes, but I'm going to tell you that's a good word, isn't it? We're going to get ready to wrap it up here. I said, enjoy the view that the Lord has made possible. This, notice I said that he made it possible. He made it possible. Sometimes we make decisions and our view that we have are not that good after that, is it? But you know what? You don't have to stay there. Just said a few things here I wanted to say as we get ready to wrap it up. I said the journey of faith. And I said we will see the values, the, the valley of failure. We will walk down the path of adversity and we will see the top of the mountains. And again, let's, let's take a good look at this. We are pressed on every side by troubles. I can't read that one there. I'm sorry. But we are not crushed. We are perplexed but not driven to despair. Sometimes in our life we feel like we are driven and there's nobody there and nobody's listening to everything else. I'm going to tell you, share that with somebody. I'm telling you, God will put people on your path. I'm telling you that Jesus is the one. No matter what's going on, cry out to him and he'll listen. Amen. I'm telling you because I know it to be true from my own life. And God's no respecter of a person. He will, he will rescue you. He will come to where you are and everything else. No matter what you've done or where you've been. This is good news for somebody. I know it is for me. If it's good news for you, let me hear you say amen. amen. And it says we are hunted down. You ever feel like that? That, that? that trouble can just find you? 
You don't have to look for trouble. It just comes knocking. You ain't got to open the door. Amen? Don't open the door. So, hunt it down, but never abandoned by God. Never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. You have the strength and favor of God in you and on you. Never forget that and share it with somebody. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you so much that this journey of faith, that you know what? That uh, sometimes it's a, it's a long one. It seems like when we're uh, walking through these things, sometimes it seems like it's a lonely one. But Father, I, I know this. We're not alone. We're not alone. And I hope that each person here today understands that. And I hope they understand, regardless of what is going on in their life, that they can turn around now and just call out to Jesus. Amen. And I don't care if you're in the valley. I don't care if you're on the top of the mountain. I don't care if you're on the side of the mountain. It doesn't make any difference. God knows where you are right here today. You're not just having to stop by today. God knew you would be here for this message for a time such as this. So take what God has shared with us today and apply it to your life. And not only apply it to your life. Ask God, how can I apply it to my life first? And then share it with somebody else. Because you know what? He calls us to be disciples of his word. He calls us to be his hands and feet. He wants us to be a mirror of his son. Amen. And I want to tell you what. I couldn't think of any better folks to be sharing my life with than what God's brought through this door. And I pray that there's many more. And I pray that, you know what, when we get to heaven and somebody taps you on the back and says, you know what, I heard you, your stuff online. Or it's because somebody gave. Or because somebody did this. Or because, you know what, somebody did this and they rode their motorcycle and they stopped and they told me about Jesus. Or, or maybe they were fishing and they told me about Jesus. Or maybe they were cooking something and they told me about Jesus. I don't know what it is. But I know this, no matter where you're at, you can make it to the cross and tell somebody about Jesus. But first you got to know him. Do you know him personally? If you're here today and you've never called on the name of Jesus, I want you to look up here right now. It's for you. It's for everyone, but it's for you. If you've never given your life to Christ, I want to show you and walk you through that right here, right now. That you can be sure from what God says. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us has missed the mark. You know why we sin? Because we're sinners. That was passed on from Adam's fall. But listen to that. Through that one man, sin came. But through Jesus Christ, righteousness comes. And he says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I love this verse in Romans. It said, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Whosoever. I was a whosoever. We're a whosoever. So today I want to make sure, don't leave here today without knowing. If that's your prayer, pray it from your heart right here. Dear Lord, Come into my life. Today, Lord, I trust in your son. I know that Jesus Christ is the son of God who takes the sin of the world away. Lord, come into my life and forgive me today. Today, I receive your son. If that's you today, don't leave here without telling somebody. Say, you know, I prayed that prayer today. And I'm going to walk with the Lord. And I want to tell you this. I want to tell you the truth. That does not mean your life will always be but it does mean this that God will never leave you or forsake you and you are guaranteed by God's word and God's promise because he holds your salvation and when you take your last breath here you will be with him in paradise forever but let me 
I tell you something, eternal life, you don't have to wait until you stop breathing here to enjoy it. Start today walking in the fullness of what God has. Give the Lord a hand clap for what he's doing. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I hope you guys were blessed by that. We got a song and then we're going to see what God's doing in your life. And uh, I'll tell you what, if I haven't told you guys lately how big of a privilege that I, I think it is to have the honor to pastor this church, I'm going to tell you what, I thank you and I appreciate your prayers. Amen. So I like you guys.